0: This is the American Military Brit. Shedding light on the realities of military life. Now, here's your host, U.S. Air Force Staff Sergeant Christopher Clark.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the American Military Brit Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk to different military members to figure out the full story about the military and we don't just focus on the rumors such as the Marines being crazy or the army being stupid. We actually figure out from the people themselves what the story is with the military. So I hope you enjoy this podcast that we have for you today. Hello everyone, welcome to the American Military Brit Podcast. For today we have a special guest. I'm I'm actually really excited about this one because so far I've only had Air Force guys on, and I've never really gotten to spoke fully to a, a person in the Marines about their experience, so this, one, this one's cool, man. I'm here with um, Joshua Chavez, and he's going to be talking about his experience in the, in the Marines, so first of all, just introduce yourself to the audience, the very small audience, um, just who you are and of that nature. Hello, very small audience. I am a
0: former military member, obviously a Marine. I served uh, for six years from 2010 to 2016. Then I got out because I wanted to go to school, use that GI bill that Uncle Sam gave me. And now I'm talking to Chris. Yeah. So
1: like you, obviously you separated. What do you, what are
0: you doing right now? Right now I'm trying to start my own company. Actually okay. it's a marketing firm. So social media marketing. I wanted to do journalism originally. That's why I ended up at Greenspun at UNLV. But the concentration of PR and marketing was offered, and uh, that's something I really gravitated towards just naturally. So I'm doing that right now and trying to look for an actual marketing job.
1: All right, nice. Um, Would you say any of your skills that you learned while you were in the Marines kind of helped you to, you know, get into this whole... Journalism thing that you're doing right now in social media aspect?
0: Yes, actually. Okay. Uh, long story, but journalism comes from the military when I was in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um, just a lot of things going on out there and a lot of interesting stuff that I thought people should know about is the whole reason why I wanted to be involved with social, or excuse me, journalism. Right. And then naturally I saw the progression of journalism kind of dying out in my opinion Mm -hmm. and it's moving more towards digital media and plus i've always wanted to be a creator so like as a child i wanted to create things and i was all laughy and whatnot so that was just something that kind of made a good segue met well on the road you know
1: okay so continuing on here um Just wanted to talk to um, Joshua here about his basic training and his training and his job experiences because, as I was kind of saying earlier, it's just one of those things where I feel like people have a certain image about how Marines are and, you know, different things of that nature. They have their own assumptions, which is why it's good that we're, we're talking about this, but just kind of like... Because, you know, I've seen it on YouTube and I've seen it in the movies and all this stuff of what mil- uh, like, what Marine basic training is like. So I uh, just kind of talk about that experience and what that was like. Um, so the
0: basic training, what you're going to see, we refer to it as boot camp. And people who are new right. in the military and, in my opinion, haven't done a whole lot, they'll be like, oh, it's boot camp. It's not basic training. It doesn't matter. It's basic training, whatever. Right. The main factor of it is um, I went in 2010, so that was mm. quite a while ago. I'm sure things have changed by then because everything changes over time. All right. But uh, everything that you see on YouTube as far as, like, the Marines getting yelled at, their foot lockers getting thrown and stuff like that, that's literally just the tip of the iceberg. All right. <laughs> and uh, it makes for great dogs of war, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make for great citizens after they get out. Okay. So it's an interesting type thing, but it's a, you have to understand that the Marines are supposed to be the tip of the spear. They're supposed to be the guys who go in door to door, kick down and do a whole bunch of quote unquote cool guy stuff. Right. So, I mean, you kind of do have to have a thick skin to have that job because at the core of it. Every Marine is a rifleman. Sure, we all know how to shoot rifles, but I mean, most of us just qual once or twice a year and then that's it. I mean, that was my extent of it for quite some time until I switched MOS's, but again, that's later. But um, yeah, boot camp's great. You just have to learn to frame it in a very positive mindset. If you're there for a positive reason, a good reason, not to just go to school or whatever, you know, for a shallow reason, as our drill instructors put it, um, you'll be fine because they'll push you through the military boot, through Marine Corps boot camp. because they've spent so much money getting your physical done, getting your training done. They spent a lot of money on you and they're going to mm-hmm. give you a bottle if you need it, unfortunately. But yeah, that's the reality. You know, there are some Marines who, yeah, sure. In the movies, I'm sure there are Marines out there doing special forces stuff right now, All right. but again, there's also regular people that are Marines. That run the administrative side make sure people get paid make sure that chow's getting served food sorry uh, make sure that people are getting their supplies on time you know i mean it's a whole community it's just like any other community it's just a little bit more hardcore you know yeah so it's like a, it's a i call it america's fraternity that's how i look at it okay or one of america's
1: fraternities excuse me because we're all fraternity brothers yeah, and I just thought like, let me kind of take it back a little yeah, bit. I didn't perfect. really, I didn't really ask you how, like, why you joined, sort of thing. Like, oh. was the, was there a specific reason or moment or whatever? So, uh,
0: shameless plug. So, if yeah, you good. want that, uh, go to joshuatrees 21com dot com on my Instagram uh. and hit my, my link tree because that reason is too dark to discuss here. It is but okay. I will tell you the actual reason that i did decide to go was honestly there there is truth to this that i did want to protect those who cannot protect themselves at a time in my life i was a powerless individual who could not stand up to an oppressor and through that i wanted to gain strength and help those who could not protect themselves
1: okay so
0: that's the honest reason it was wrongly framed back then but again hit me up on instagram for that story
1: (laughs) okay no 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 that's that's fine but uh how how long is marine basic training or boot camp
0: uh i want to say like 13 weeks it's it's a little bit longer than armies or something like that okay yeah
1: because uh Obviously, I went through basic training and I thought afterwards, I don't know if you had the same kind of thought process, but I was just kind of like, yeah, this is pretty easy, actually. Like, at first when I was there, you know, it's something different and you're thinking, oh, man, like, I hate this, but after what like when you finish it you're just like yeah that was really easy so absolutely yeah. and our drill instructors always used to tell us
0: embrace the suck and that's something you heard all the time throughout every formal school you went to in the military right but it really is a mindset that helps you just have fun with the
1: boys yeah <laughs> the <laughs> easiest way to put it <laughs> yeah okay so you go from basic training mm-hmm. Then you do Marine combat, training. combat training. And then like, where do you, when do you go to like learn your job that you go into? Boom. That's the next
0: one we yeah. go to. So right. from Marine combat training, you get shipped off to your MOS. Okay. Yes. Uh, my MOS was a 1341 because everyone loves to lead off with a number that no one knows, even in the military, yeah. a 1341 <laughs> in the Marine Corps
1: is a heavy equipment mechanic. Mm. So I just work on construction equipment. Okay. Yeah. So you guys have like specific codes because for me, I was intelligence. That was a one, one and zero X one, (laughs) whatever it was.
0: I know Uh, Army uses like 91 Lima for 1341 or something. I might be way off, but I'm just saying it's like two digits and then a letter for to identify the thing. Everyone does their MOSs differently. And then how long was that training school like to learn your job? (laughs) I think that was uh, like four months, not very long. Okay,
1: and where was it at? Fort Lost in the Woods on an army base. <laughs> Fort uh, Leonard Wood uh, in Missouri. Oh, Leonard. <laughs> oh, man. I was stationed in Missouri for five years. So oh, I, no. I, am, I never went to that base. I only drove past it. Okay. So, But I, so that's where the prison is, right? Is that where the prison is? The, there's a prison up there or something. There might be. Military, I don't know. Prison. It's way in yeah. the middle of nowhere. surrounded yeah, by a lot of yeah. trees. Okay, so. Um, next, we'll talk about. We'll get into kind of the assignments that you that you did because obviously I'm not like I said I'm not too familiar with the assignments that that Marines do. But like, what was the what was the first place that you went to kind of after your, your training for your job and all that stuff? So after military school or yeah, Midwest school after all that stuff. Yeah,
0: I showed up to Yuma, Arizona in okay. 2011, uh, February 2011, and then september that year we were in afghanistan
1: hey
0: (laughs) yeah we went we'll get into that later but like as far as your assignments that was my assignment i went from my unit then we went to afghanistan then we came back and then my assignment switched from being a heavy equipment mechanic because of benghazi Mm -hmm. um there was just a order from obama that said we need more embassy guards even though that's not our job at all right and then i got selected and that was my next assignment so I technically only had two assignments in the military. Mm. It was a heavy equipment mechanic with my first unit, which I deployed to Afghanistan with, but we'll talk about that later. And then I went to Virginia Quantico, uh, Marine Corps Base Quantico, if anyone knows to do embassy guard school. And yeah, after that, I went to
1: Saudi Arabia, Portugal and Ethiopia. Okay, and those count as like deployments, like Portugal, for example. I like, guess okay. I just
0: call them assignments. I, I say I only deployed once, but okay. everyone, I have overseas service. I have foreign service for like th- th- more than three years, but right. I just say I only deployed once because I did. Yeah. I only did one combat deployment. Everything else was foreign service, technically.
1: Okay, because like so, as far as actual assignments, it was just Arizona and it was Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay and like what was your like day-to-day duties as you know as much as you can go into it without obviously you know
0: like first getting (laughs) into the fleet at yuma yeah 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 yeah. yeah. first getting into the fleet at yuma you're the lowest guy on the totem pole obviously unless you have a little bit more rank on your collar but i was a pfc in e2 when i showed up there and day in day out would be getting up at like five zero five for pt Mm. pting until like zero five forty five take a shower, um, switch over, be at the shop at 0630. So you have to get chow. You have to, uh, you have to go get food from the cafeteria. And then you have to... I, I worked on a base that was separate from my main base. Mm-hmm. So it was called P-111. No clue why it was called that. <laughs> um, I didn't ask a whole lot of questions in the military when I first got there because as a junior enlisted warrior... Um, it's not your job to ask questions. It's to shut up and do. Yes. And that was what I learned for the first phase of my military career was to just, Hey, if you want to be a leader first, you got to shut up and learn how to actually do what we do and figure out the reasons for it later. But right now we got to see if you can even do it kid. And yeah, it was a very high pace of driving to work, barely making it to formation, getting in formation changing into coveralls because i was a heavy equipment mechanic Mm -hmm. then just working on construction equipment that we had we did preventive maintenance so that way the gear was always well taken care of to the best of its abilities we would do troubleshooting very basic stuff we used to call a glorified jiffy lube uh, because we'd mainly do electrical work and then just large part placements if anything really broke we would send it off to a third or fourth shop where they would actually take apart the component and then rebuild it and then ship it back to us.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then like as far as assignments go, how easy is it in the Marines to like move around and get like a, a different assignment? Like, how does that work? Do you volunteer to go somewhere or do they just say, no, nah, you're just going here and that's it. <laughs> End of story. Great question. <laughs> Next question. No, okay. just kidding.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that really depends on the individual and what you're trying to do. Um, I'm not a career planner. I was never a career planner, so I don't really know about that whole part. But if you do do basic Marine stuff, like after you're done working, go work out and actually apply yourself, do what's called uh, Marine College Institutes. It's way to get education points so you rank up faster. And you do the things you're supposed to do throughout your military life of just like trying to improve yourself um it'll be a lot easier for you to lateral move i believe it's called when you go from one position to the next unfortunately uh, for me i never got to lateral move i was just a heavy equipment mechanic i got pick- i picked up what's called a bmos i don't know why it's a bmos but it's just a special duty assignment so uh, there's no official mos in the marines as a marine security guard That's just a job someone can get Mm. if they're qualified. And when, yeah, Benghazi happened in 2012, we were coming back from Afghanistan and I came back and they're like, Garcia Chavez, you two have to go fill out a packet. And we're like, but we don't want to go. And then they said, well, that's too bad. You have to go fill out a packet. Mm. And then you can decide if you want to go later. And then we're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Mm. And then, yeah, they recruited me again and, I remember why I joined. I literally joined to be Marine Security Guard. I okay. just forgotten about that. So it was kind of it was kind of
1: cool. Okay, so the special duty is more of a you're not you don't volunteer. You're voluntold, as we would always say in the Air Force. Exactly, you're voluntold
0: right. for it. Or yeah. you can go to your career planner once I believe you have like 18 months on on your current duty station, um, and then ask them, hey, are there any slots open for like special duty assignments like that or another MOS, but the best thing you can do for yourself is to, pardon me, is to look at the standards and then just exceed them Hmm. because you're going to be competing with a whole bunch of other military members that also think they're great because we're Marines. So we think we're great. And once you are pitted against other people who are actually Well-trained you start to realize you're not shit, and you need to work a lot
1: harder. So that would be the easiest way to move All right, so With with Marines, this is one thing you hear a lot of it's like if you if you deploy you're basically on the front line like guaranteed so this this is something i kind of want to hear the the truth as much as possible about so i'm curious about your your deployments because you said you went to afghanistan right so oh yeah so yeah just kind of uh talk because i did talk to some air force guys on this Mm. podcast about afghanistan and i'm sure it's a very different experience to what yours was so yeah just kind of talk about that and what it was like. So there i was. <laughs> <laughs> it get as dramatic <laughs> as possible.
0: <laughs> Anyone who goes to Afghanistan, I feel like they always start out with like the so there I was right. story, yeah. but um I think probably our deployments weren't that different because as a heavy equipment mechanic, mm. uh, my job is not to go and kick down doors. That's why I was a little upsetty spaghetti right. when I realized that my recruiter lied to me and mm. I was like, "Oh, dang." I don't get to go do that i have to stay on base and become a fobbit if um, anyone knows what that is that means you're on a forward outpost base and you just do nothing but work on it Um, so i was just on bases working on heavy equipment mechanic day in day out it was terrible because i want to say we got about four hours of sleep for the first three months we were there Hmm. per night because all of our stuff kept getting blown up (laughs) <laughs> and um, just it kept going down so they would go out on missions and then oh no our greater our bulldozers that they would attach mine rakes to the front of mm. to clear pathways they'd get blown up and then we'd have to try and fix it if we could and whatnot so it was just mm. all, it was a very high paced tempo of being a mechanic so it was weird we did have a couple of scares i mean so there there's always like air raids not air raids but like the air sirens that there's incoming oh, um, yeah, those happen right. often so i mean that's not really a big deal you just hear a siren go off then you just run into a concrete bunker as fast as you can and hopefully it doesn't hit by where you're standing so um, those happen day in and day out not very frequently um, the worst time it was, is when it would happen is when you're asleep So you'd be Mm. dead asleep at three in the morning and then you'd hear sirens go off and you're like, oh no, everyone runs to the bunker because Mm. yeah. So, I mean, you would hear the far off in the distance, but other than that, it was a little, it was just, I say normal because I think that's what I have to look at it as. Um, I was discussing this with someone the other day because they were asking me about deployments as well. Mm-hmm. There was a certain point where the Marine Corps snipers, I believe, um, had peed on some Taliban bodies and recorded oh, yeah. them
1: yeah. doing that. that.
0: Yep. And they started to attack us in the showers. So we had to go into buddy pairs and there would be one Marine just outside the shower just waiting for a tsn third country national excuse me Mm. um to try and make a move and yeah just protect your brother that's pretty much about it that's Mm. a that's normal because i I don't know we're warriors and we're always ready for war so i mean it's not it does sound intense but
1: in the moment it just felt not right but normal right there's a yeah so just a couple of things i wanted to address there so yeah you're you're at like uh you kind of said like a fob right so you're at like a smaller base you weren't at like you know kandahar or like kabul or whatever there is in afghanistan so afghanistan. i went to
0: leatherneck and okay. then i went to dwyer dwyer's still pretty big too it's okay. a very big base okay i didn't so, even go yeah. to like very small um posts i made a <laughs> stupid comment um that got me ne- like ex from all cool missions hmm. looking at it in retrospect do you want to hear Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. we first show up. You first show up to Afghanistan. It's all blur, You're moving your gear, your units trying to get trained. You're getting rules of engagement. You're going over deadly force. You're snapping in your rifles. You know, you're trying to cope with your new reality and just have a good time. So I like dark humor. And my dark humor did not sit well with my platoon sergeant. Sergeant Means. Hmm. Uh, while we were snapping in on the range, he said he had us in a little school circle and when once we got over to afghanistan It was really cool because it was like we were invited to the big boys table Um, everyone was treating us differently. It was like, okay, like we're we we have respect they respect us now And sergeant means was like so which one of you young pups wants to go out and you know, see some fish and I was like First hand up in the air. I know my boy Cody's got a wife at home and my boy Josh Wilson also has a loved one um, Me and my girl weren't doing so well. So I was like yo your boy right here I'm expendable <laughs> as soon as that left my mouth his fist came Through my chest and grabbed my blouse and he pulled me like an inch from his face and He said if I ever hear you say you're expendable again I will beat the living out of you and that was a very intense moment where I was mm-hmm. like Low-key, I was joking. Like, I I was joking, quote-unquote, <laughs> remarkable. But, um, yeah, it was one of those moments where you realize this isn't really a joke anymore. Okay. For some people, this is real. And for some people like me, it was messing around on a base having a good time.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, a good kind of thought process to have because you sounded like you were very positive about it, at least. So, I mean
0: i don't know <laughs> he had certain means had been through iraq and afghanistan A lot of or stuff. Right? Yeah. 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 okay so yeah. it right. was uh it was it was it really was growing up it was like oh i've uh, oh, oh, no. i'm so sorry no, uh, i, I <laughs> triggered someone by saying something stupid and right. I, and yeah he was right no life is expendable you know right. i'm trying to relax and be cool and everything like that but
1: i don't know time and place and that's what i learned yeah because like i've never been to afghanistan or iraq um i was supposed to go to afghanistan but that got changed too Nothing much softer to qatar it. they're like go to qatar i'm like yeah, sure yeah i'll go there Qatar it. is great though. that's a lot safer it, it wasn't that great to be honest but it's a lot like safer i guess so but like people always tell me a lot of times you're talking about the attacks and stuff like you go to a bunker and all that like People always tell me about the mortar attacks like you always hear the mortars like and you hear the What is it? Uh, those things that like shoot them down. I forget what they're called, but uh, But yeah, like uh, you always kind of hear about those stories, but uh, yeah, it's just cool to get a different perspective I had know, my
0: so. Corporal Grau one of the Marines from our sister unit He came back from Whitehorse or something like that and he's telling us about this was crazy. He was just saying, he was just saying, I was just smoking a cigarette and then bullets were flying past my head and then I realized we were getting shot at and then I got down because I realized we were getting shot at and I was like, oh my goodness, that's insane. Yeah. And then like, yeah, it's just how it is on the small fobs. I was like, I want to go, but right, yeah, yeah, never made it. Darn.
1: A couple of, uh, I just wanna wanted to talk about uh, with um, Joshua like why he separated, but there was something I wanted to bring up because. It's like one of the best quotes I've ever seen. Honestly, it was <laughs> and he. I saw it. I saw it on your Instagram, but a couple of other people posted it. It was yeah. something that Tim Kennedy said.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. It was uh, Tim Kennedy.
1: this this quote: "No one is coming to save you. No one is coming to help you. No one is going to come and fight for you. It's all up to you. Prepare for that." Mm-hmm. And that was after he posted that. I think after those uh, after the shooting the Texas. at the at the school. Yeah. Yep. So that like. I think that really kind of refers to like especially like being a military member like I definitely kind of learned that while I was in the air force was like listen no one's coming to save you you've got to prepare for like the worst basically yeah so like I did want to kind of talk to you a little bit about that like as far as like why did you post that like how does that kind of because exactly like you said man
0: it doesn't matter if you're marine corps air force army whatever i mean at the end of the day if you're on a independent duty like embassy duty and another benghazi does happen sure they're going to come get you in 13 to 20 hours Mm
1: -hmm.
0: way after everything's going to be done and over so as a i was the operations and training officer for all three years as well as the assistant detachment commander and a couple of detachments for my embassies. And it was that reality of no one's coming for us. I only have you and you only have me. Mm -hmm. I had people that I knew I would lock inside the room and not let them out because they would get us hurt. And I knew that there would people who would be with me till the end. And yeah, at the end of the day, everyone wants to live. No, one's going to die for you. Right. And those cops, unfortunately, proved it for those. I'm sorry to say, about those children, right. at the end of the day, people learn, have to learn how to save themselves. If they cannot protect themselves, you cannot ask someone else to give up their life, especially in today's social status structure, whatever. I don't know why, but it's just the reality we live in. So I be, believe in the second amendment, and i believe that we should have a militia that is completely independent of any organization and i'm not saying go out there and do things i'm saying train for first aid if something bad happens if you know someone comes up and approaches your son or your daughter my mom used to have brevity words with us because we used to walk home from school you know Mm -hmm. it's like do you like the color purple of course i love barney You know, there we can get picked up. It's not that it was nothing like that back in the day, Mm. but that's the type of training that people should be prepared for. That's the type of stuff that they have to realize is everyone's responsible for their own safety in our nation. Unfortunately, not every good guy with a gun is going to be there and not every guy with a gun is a good guy that is willing to put his life on the line to save innocence. Mm -hmm. I joined to protect innocent lives. A lot of people wear a badge for power. I learned in the military that my chevrons, my rank when I became an NCO, when I was a corporal, and I had power to protect people, that was used as a shield to protect the weak and the innocent, Mm -hmm. not a spear to attack others and get ahead. Unfortunately, it's not Semper Fi, always faithful anymore. It's Semper I. And that is one of the reasons I left the military. And guess what? That's just the world. And once we come to the realization of it, we can stop having such a bad attitude and just try and do our best because <laughs> honestly, isn't that what we're all trying to do. I know that kind of sounds fake, but literally that's what we're all here to do. Just our best. I believe we just should, shouldn't hurt others while trying to get our accomplishments.
1: Right. So yeah, I mean- Sorry, that was a little serious. No, 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 I mean, you kind of talked about uh, like why you did, you did separate, but like- That's a, yeah, that's that's not the main reason at all though. Yeah, I mean, is there like a specific moment that happened or like a specific like reason where you were like, okay, I'm done like with this. Like when did that happen basically? I mean, in the Marines, you always kind
0: of ask yourself like, how did did I end up here? (laughs) What am I doing? Why am I out in the middle of the forest running and, you know, twisting my ankle. Why am I doing all this? Mm-hmm. And it's just because I want to. I don't know. I just thought it was – I've always wanted to personally be the cool guy. You know, <laughs> I grew up watching military movies. My dad – my stepdad, I call him my dad, he's uh, his army cat. So, you mm-hmm. know, my mom, she works security. So I, I inadvertently grew up liking that kind of stuff. But um, the main reason why I left and the reason that really got to me was in 2015 I was leaving – Lisbon, Portugal, my regional security officer, my boss, Mm. Tanya Sears, she was like, well, what are you going to do after you get out? I was like, oh, I'm going to become a contractor. Just go overseas and keep doing it. She's like, your body's not going to be able to last forever. Mm. You might want to think about getting an education first and then go do that. And I was like, you're right, ma'am. And then I thought about it and then standing on post for 12 hours for the next two years, you know, eight to 12 hours depends on how much we have and what the shifts are, but it just gives you an ample amount of time to think okay. and came to the conclusion. She was right. I was smart enough. I just was lacking self-confidence. I was smart enough to make it to the embassy duty at one point. And my first post, I had got to meet president Barack Obama while he was still serving, you know, yes. like for a 21 year old, I don't think that's that bad. And I'm not trying to gloat or anything, but I'm just trying to say, I didn't really think I was smart at all. I didn't, no one that I went to grew up with went to college. You know? Mm. So it was it was just something we didn't do. And having someone having someone smart believing me who went to Ohio State because I was really into wrestling. I am really into wrestling and Ohio State's a really good school. All right. She believed in me and that's when I was like, okay, maybe I do need an education.
1: A special thank you to Joshua for coming out for this episode of the American Military Brit. As I said before, it's nice to get a perspective from a Marine and kind of see how they live life. So that was awesome. Be sure to check in for future episodes and we're going to have some other amazing guests coming up. So be sure to tune in.